If Jesus asked you to pray earnestly about something, would you do it? This is the Bible Speaks to You podcast, episode 119. This week we're going to talk about why should we pray to the Lord of the Harvest? You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Today, we're going to talk about why we need to pray to the Lord of the Harvest to send more laborers into the harvest field. Every time I read the Gospels, I realize that Jesus was always on the move. Not that he was in a hurry to get somewhere, but he always had places to go. He went from village to town to city, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing people everywhere. There were so many people to reach with his message. There was so much to do. At one point, he said to his disciples, The harvest is so plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That's Matthew 9, 37 and 38. In this context, the word harvest is a metaphor for reaching people with the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven and the message of salvation. Jesus is right. The harvest is plentiful. His words are as true today as they were when he uttered them 2,000 years ago. The world is desperately calling out for help. Do we even hear those cries for help? They're cries for something that the world's material ways and means can never supply. The world can never solve the problems that we have on a deeper level. There are so many people in the world today who need to know that God loves them. There are a lot of prodigal sons and daughters out there chasing all the glitter of the world. They're attracted by the dazzle of immediate self-gratification. Other people are victims of abuse or They're mired in the quicksand of misery, or they're caught in the downward spiral of the mistakes they've made. They don't know how to escape, and sometimes they've even given up trying. Some people are caught up in an egotistical approach to life, and some people are just looking for honest answers. They're searching for what is good and true. There's a lot of unease and uncertainty in people's hearts these days. The Old Testament prophet Joel actually foretold this same restlessness and the readiness of some people to discover their need for truth. 
He said, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. That's Joel 3.14. Some people search for truth because they have a genuine desire to know what's real. Other people search because they're in pain, physically, emotionally, or morally. There are multitudes in the valley of decision searching for answers. The world responds with so many so-called solutions that promise but can never really deliver relief, health, peace of mind, and certainly not salvation. Who is going to help these people? Most of us hardly even notice when they're right under our noses. We pass them on the sidewalk. We sit next to them at school. They're on our team at work. They're in front of us in the grocery store checkout line. But we often don't even hear their silent cries for help. And if we do, we don't want to get involved in someone else's problems and have to deal with all their drama. But Jesus always heard their cries for help, and he responded. They were the very people he came to help. Jesus often went specifically to minister to folks who needed help the most, the ones you and I might avoid. He ate dinner with sinners. He healed the lepers and other social outcasts. This was totally taboo with the religious leaders of his day, just like it is with some religious leaders of our day. They tell us we should only associate with other Christians who believe exactly as we do. Hello? If we only talk to other Christians who believe exactly like we do, how will the church grow? How will we help those who need help? If Jesus had only ministered to the well-heeled members of society, we might not be following him today. After Jesus ascended, if his 120 followers in that upper room had shared their faith only among themselves, Christianity probably wouldn't even exist today. There are so many opportunities to minister to those in need, and there's no way one person or just a few people can do it. This was true in Jesus' day, too. Jesus knew the need was great. He'd been out preaching and healing. He saw the multitudes, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. His heart went out to them. That's in Matthew 9, 35 and 36. How did he respond to all these sheep that needed guidance? The answer is in these same two verses that I quoted earlier from Matthew 9, 37 and 38. He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. So he sent twelve disciples out to preach and to heal. Later on, he sent out seventy more disciples, some manuscripts say there were seventy-two, to heal and to preach the gospel of the kingdom. I used to wonder why Jesus didn't just go to all these people and places himself. Well, there was a lot to do, and Jesus couldn't be everywhere at once. And Luke tells us that Jesus sent the group of seventy, or seventy-two, 
to preach and heal in the cities he was about to visit. They went to prepare the way for Jesus to be there. Imagine if someone came to your town and started saying incredible things about the kingdom of heaven being at hand. And then they started healing all the sick people in town through prayer. How would you feel if they told you their teacher was coming to town in a few days? Would you want to go hear that teacher? Absolutely. That's what Jesus was doing. He sent his disciples out to prepare the hearts of the people for his message. But I think there was another reason he sent his followers out to preach and heal. Part of his mission on earth was to empower his followers to share his message and give them opportunities to do so, so that the message would keep going after he was gone. This includes you and me today. It's more than one person can do, or 12, or 70, or 120, or 5,000. We need help. Jesus knew this was true for his disciples, and he knew it would be true for us today. So he instructed all his disciples when he sent the twelve out and the seventy to pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send more harvest workers into the field. Some translations say pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send more harvest workers. Others just say pray or ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. But the Greek word here for pray is deomai. It's not the usual word for prayer. For example, when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray with the Lord's Prayer, deomai means to implore, to beseech, to pray earnestly. There's a sense of intensity. That's why the English Standard Version of the Bible translates it, pray earnestly. If Jesus asked you to pray earnestly about something, would you do it? That's what's going on here. Have you ever prayed earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into the harvest field? If not, I encourage you to. Jesus has asked us to because that's what's needed. He doesn't very often say specifically what we should pray for, but this is one of those times when he makes that specific request. Usually when I pray for more harvest workers, I hear God. Sometimes it's a gentle voice. Sometimes it's a little firmer. He says, okay, you're it. I'm sending you. Get going. So here I am. That's one of the reasons I started the Bible Speaks to You podcast. That's exactly what happens to the disciples immediately after Jesus tells them to pray for more workers in the harvest. Right after they prayed, 12 of them got appointed to be apostles. And that's when Jesus sends them out to preach the gospel and heal. In other words, to work in the harvest field. So don't be surprised when you pray the prayer for more harvest workers that God sends you. I think the beautiful thing is here, he didn't just send them out on their way without preparing them. He gave them very specific instructions on what to say, what to do, and how to behave. And you can read that in Matthew chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10. And Jesus did not just send them out to preach the gospel of the kingdom. He endowed them with spiritual power and authority to heal the sick. They had seen him preach and heal, but now he was empowering them 
to follow his example. And just as a side note here, when Jesus was preaching the gospel and instructing his disciples what to say when they preached, he never said or told them to tell people they were miserable sinners. Although he was emphatic that people must repent, he told his disciples to talk about the kingdom of heaven. That would make people want to repent. Just as Jesus prepared his immediate disciples to preach the gospel and heal the sick, when we read the gospel message in the Bible and imbibe the spirit of Christ, the mindset of Christ, we are prepared to do the same thing. So we are not left without instructions. We're not left without spiritual power and authority either. Jesus did that for his immediate disciples, and we're included in that. Okay, let's get back to what Jesus said about praying for more harvest workers and why it's so important for us today as well. Has it ever struck you as kind of odd that we need to ask God to send more workers into the harvest field? If God is the Lord of the harvest, shouldn't he know that we need help and know who to send without us having to ask for it? Well, sure, God knows everything and he knows all our needs before we ask. But I think it's in the asking that we realize God is in charge of the harvest and that we are not. It's not for us to choose who the harvest helpers will be. God alone selects the harvest workers. Think of Peter and Andrew, James and John. They chose to follow Jesus, but they didn't appoint themselves apostles. None of the others did either. Jesus chose and appointed them. There are other examples where people did not decide for themselves who was going to do a certain thing. Think about after Jesus ascended. The remaining 11 apostles did not choose someone to fill Judas's place until they prayed for God to reveal to them who it should be. You can find that in Acts one twenty four. And when the believers in Antioch were fasting and praying, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. That's in Acts 13, 2. Think about how this can apply to what goes on in your church. These examples remind us that it's not up to you and me to decide who the harvest workers are. It's God's harvest, not ours. God is the Lord of the harvest and decides who will work, where to put them, and what they'll do. So don't be surprised in certain activity for the kingdom of God that someone that you might not have chosen is the one doing it. We can make mistakes in judgment, but God knows which part of the harvest field to put someone in. When you pray to God for more workers in the harvest, you can trust God to send the people who are perfect for that particular job. God can use anyone, flaws, warts, and all, to accomplish his will. This happens in the Bible all the time when God uses all sorts of people who are not perfect to accomplish the divine purpose and help bring in the harvest. Don't compare yourself and your abilities with someone else. Don't compare where in the harvest field you're working to someone else. Don't try to harvest the part of the field God has appointed to someone else. Don't be jealous of someone else's position 
at church or in ministry. Just focus on what God wants you to do. And believe me, there's plenty for you to do right where you are with the abilities you have right now. No one person can bring in the whole harvest. This is a joint effort. We all have a place to serve and a function to fill. So be willing to work in fellowship with others and with the mindset of Christ. Not just in your own church, but other churches and even other denominations. Jesus was not trying to glorify himself. Unfortunately, too many people in church positions do that a little bit. Jesus always gave full glory to the Father. We can do that too. If the harvest was plentiful 2,000 years ago, it's even more plentiful today. Do you hear the voice of Christ echoing down the centuries, asking you to pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers? Will you answer the call to be one of those workers? God has work for you to do in the harvest field. God will empower you to preach the gospel and heal the sick. It may not look just like the way Jesus or his disciples did it, but that's okay. When you have compassion for mankind the way Jesus did, you will be a blessing and a witness to the power and presence of God's kingdom, and that will have a healing effect. And as you continue to pray to the Lord of the harvest, God will bring you together with others to work with. The world is calling out for help. How will you respond? Thank you so much for being here today and listening. As a reminder, we're still working on our prayer project, 22 Ways to Pray with the Mindset of Jesus in 2022. This is week number three, and the Bible verse today is from Mark 6.34. It's Mark's version of one of the verses we've already talked about today, and it's so timely to today's episode. Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes. Please join me this week in praying to see the multitudes in your life with compassion. Maybe there aren't multitudes of people in your life, but think of the multitudes you may see on the evening news or on social media. Include all these people in your prayers and have compassion on them. Let your heart be moved with the compassion that Jesus felt when he saw the multitudes. Now, sometimes it's easy to see the multitudes and get frustrated or angry because they're doing things that either are stupid or foolish, whatever. You want to straighten them out. You want to say something to them. You want to yell at them and scream at them sometimes. So if you're having trouble loving the multitudes when you see them, pray ahead of time before you leave your house, before you turn on the news, before you get involved in social media. Pray for God to open your heart and fill it with compassion. These people are all God's children, and they need to feel his love. And I sincerely believe that your prayer to embrace the multitudes all over the world with that Christly compassion, even though you may never see them or talk to them, I believe that will help the world be a better place. 
never underestimate the effectiveness of your prayers of compassion. We're not talking about your personal compassion. We're talking about Christly compassion that comes directly from God. Again, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions or comments about something you've heard today, I would love to hear from you. You can go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab. Fill out the form, and I'll be in touch. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. Somebody you know might really need to hear today's message. And if you haven't already subscribed, I hope you'll do so. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and you'll be on my email notification list and you'll never miss an episode. And of course, you can subscribe and listen to the podcast on any of the podcast apps. And if you are an Apple Podcast user, I would really appreciate, if you haven't already, to leave a rating and a review. That helps other people find the Bible Speaks to You podcast. As always, I'll have on the show notes page for today's episode all the scripture references that I quoted today. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 119. This is episode 119. I want to thank you for all the ways that you have been supportive of the Bible Speaks to You podcast and the wonderful emails that I get from you. I'd love to hear from you. I appreciate all the ways that you've been supportive. And I just want to say thank you so much. That's it for today. Again, I appreciate you being here and listening. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a wonderful week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless.